Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to September 2017 CTSS Monthly Quiz. It's hard to believe we're leaving August and moving into the fall already, but yes, indeed we are. So for this month, we have 10 terrific cases, which is what we have every month, but these are especially terrific. So let's get started and hope you learn something from these cases. In this case, I said the most likely diagnosis in this patient studied for reconstructive breast surgery is, so we do CT to determine the flaps reconstruction. So these patients have no known tumor, it's simply for flap reconstruction. It's always important on CT to make sure you look at all of the images, even though we're only looking for the vascular map. And I've spoken before about how when you do aortic aneurysms or suspected aneurysms, you need to look carefully at the bladder, particularly in older patients. And sure enough, when you look at this case, what do you see? At about 9 o'clock, and you can see I circled it, there's an enhancing lesion in the bladder. And that enhancing lesion, as we've said before, is always a bladder cancer. Theoretically, metastasis from breast to bladder can occur. That's rare, and that's not the case. And there's no bone lesions here, and this is surely not normal, and we're not looking at cystitis. The bladder is perhaps not as well distended as you would like. But look at that enhancing lesion. That was an incidental bladder cancer, just a critical diagnosis. This is a great case, in part asking you what the most likely diagnosis in this 20-year-old is, and the first thing you see is, wow, those images are cool. Well, that's cinematic rendering. Then when you look at the image on your right, you see a splenic artery aneurysm. And then when you look at the images, you already see a graph from the left common iliac to the femoral artery. And you see focal dilatation of the external iliac on the right side. And I said this patient's only in her 20s. So you know this patient is not dealing with atherosclerotic disease. There's some process. Now, Marfan's causes aneurysms, but usually of the aortic root, though it can do abdominal aorta. And Lois Dietz can involve multiple different vessels, but you typically see tortuosity. Kawasaki's usually involves the coronary arteries. Vascular Ehlers-Danlos uh, is ideal because that's the one that creates aneurysms in multiple vessels, gives areas of focal dilatation, and is a real challenge because the vessels are very fragile. And this was a case of vascular Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Just a great case. In this case, I ask you, what's the best explanation for the findings in the left kidney? If you look at the axial and then coronal view, you see very sharply demarcated wedge-shaped defect. That's not a renal cell carcinoma. Most renal cells are vascular but don't have this margin. Could it be a Q pilo, but it's a funny distribution, but I would think of that. Can it be slow flow? Nah, this is not slow flow. Wedge-shaped defects are classic for, for pyelonephritis as a consideration, but they are typically infarcts. And this is a wonderful example of a renal infarct. Again, the patient had multiple renal arteries. This was a lower renal artery. And you can see the patient has abnormalities in the aorta. And if you went further down, the patient did have a dissection with a repair. So a beautiful example of renal infarcts. This patient had an increasing or expanding girth. And when you look at the images, what do you see? Well, the patient is not obese. There's no subcutaneous fat. Maybe this is ascites, but look at the density. It's fat density, and it's not peritonitis. You basically have mass effect on the kidneys, on bowel, on liver, on spleen, but the whole thing is a fat density. 
And this is a classic example of an infiltrating liposarcoma. Just a classic, classic example. This patient has Crohn's disease and it was febrile. We were looking for a source. Obviously, you're thinking about the bowel itself or perirectal findings or findings near the bowel, perforation, fistulization, and the like. Instead, you see a liver lesion here. Patients had no biopsy, no procedures. Biloma is typically associated with procedures. Sarcomas are rare and they're usually vascular, and hepatomas are usually vascular as well. Patient had no history of hepatoma and the patient is not cirrhotic. I guess theoretically you could consider a malignancy, but in a patient who's young, who's febrile, or has Crohn's, this patient was immunosuppressed because of the Crohn's disease, and this was a liver abscess with E. coli being the agent. This study was done to rule out appendicitis. And remember, in a case of rule out appendicitis, 25% of the time you find appendicitis, and about another 60% of the time you find the cause of the symptoms, but it's not appendicitis. And in this case, you see inflamed right colon, marked vascularity, thickening of the terminal ileum, stranding around the ileum and cecum. You could consider ulcerative colitis. It's not ischemia, the vessels look good, and it's not appendicitis. This was Crohn's disease. So again, one of the real values of CT is not only detecting appendicitis, but excluding appendicitis, but finding out what the real cause of the patient's symptoms are. The best diagnosis in this case, well, what do you see? You see occlusion of the patient's left subclavian artery, about a sodomy that passes origin. You see narrowing of the patient's uh, left carotid and anominate artery on the right. Kawasaki's, we mentioned before, is typically coronary arteries. Ehlers-Danlos gives you aneurysms but can give you vessel occlusion. And Lois Dietz tends to give you aneurysms and tortuous vessels. Takayashu's is the one which gives you thickening of vessels and vessel occlusion. And the most common vessel involved by Takayashu's aortitis is indeed the left subclavian artery, which was the finding in this case. So a great example of Takayashu's. So it's large vessel disease. Febrile patient, what's the best diagnosus? Well, non-contrast, you see large staghorn calculi, you see stranding in the kidney, the cortex looks abnormal, arterial phase imaging, decreased cortical medullary interface, fluid around the kidney, the stones are present, there's inflammation, and I'll tell you on venous and delayed, it didn't change much. And yes, this is gonna be infection with the stones present, and both acute and chronic pyelonephritis are considered, but the kidneys enlarged. It's not a focal abscess. There is abscesses near the kidney and between kidney and liver, as you can see on other slices. But staghorn calculus, inflammation, dilated calyces, that's the hallmark of xanthogranulomatous pyelonephritis, a very, very classic case. This is a great case. The patient had feces passing through the urine. So you kind of know the patient must have a fistula. The question is where and why. In this case, we gave contrast into the bladder, a CT cystogram, and look how quickly it fills out the patient's sigmoid colon. The patient indeed has a colovesical fistula, which you see very nicely here. Bladder cancer can cause fistulae, but that's not what this is. 
colitis occasionally, but that's not what this is. The most common cause of colovesical fistulae is actually diverticulitis. Second most common is Crohn's disease. And this was an example due to diverticulitis. Just a very, very nice example. In this 40-ish year old female, what's the best diagnosis? So you can see all my choices for you are going to be pancreas. But you look at the lesion, it's cystic, there's some nodularity, but there's some calcification in the inferior edge of the lesion, best seen on the coronal views. Now, it's interesting, if I told you this was a 20-year-old, you would have said spend right away. And you could consider a serous cystadenoma, though the nodularity looks a little bit weird for that. It's not a simple IPMN based on size or even appearance. And a mucinous cystadenoma, um, it could be, but the nodularity would be concerning. This was a spent or solid papillary epithelial neoplasm. Just a wonderful example of that. Again, it's a challenge. It is more common in the tail. Patients in the 40s, so it's a bit old, but that can occur. Patients female, it's more common in females. And you realize it's the beautiful example showing you the calcification. We talk about lesion calcifications in the rim in patients with IPMNs, central perhaps, cirrhosis adenomas, neuroendocrine tumors perhaps, but spend tumors are the ones that have dense calcification, usually at the periphery. So with that, we've done 10 terrific cases, and hope you got them all right, but more importantly, I hope you learned something from this lecture. And with that, see you in September, or make that October. Bye.